Now, what we've also been doing is because Komal works with so many small growers, we've, we've been talking to the growers and, and we've asked them to come to us when they see any anomalies in their plants. And we've, <laughs> we've actually come across hybrids of uh, uh, Arabica and Excelsa. Naturally occurring? Naturally yes. occurring. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Forward, friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar, and we are talking really great nerdy stuff about coffee varieties and coffee species and future-proofing coffee production. And we are torn. We are torn. We are joined by <laughs> Komal and Akshay, and um, we're going to continue the conversation that we were having from the last episode about uh, the preferred species for future-proofing coffee production. Um, so, Akshay, carry on with what you were saying about in in the last episode about that. So, so now here's the thing. So now we're looking at with selection eleven and four five nine five that Indian Coffee Board has come up with. We're mm-hmm. looking at Arabica type of species, right? So this is fantastic for a five or ten year plan. Now, mm-hmm. when a new species or a variety is put onto market, it needs at least fifteen to twenty years of research right. before it goes out because you have growers worth from you know half an acre right up to a few thousand acres who are going to be planting these species or varieties. Mm-hmm. Now. Um, which is also the case with our Excelsa project. So, so we, 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 are, we, are, we are studying the Excelsa on our own farms. So we are, we are getting an idea of how it works before we start actually. I mean, we've done 10,000 saplings this year. Um, so coming back to species and, and which species and varieties. So we've got to look at short term, long term, medium term and long term. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the short term, we've got, you know, we've got, uh, at least in India, we've got access to selection 11. We, we're going to get access to 4595. Um, and and uh, uh, there is, however, an issue, right? Um, planting single varietals also is 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 always a risk because you have one pest or one sort of fungi that affects mm-hmm. that one varietal and can wipe out your entire crops. It's always good to hedge. It's always good to split. It's always good to have a few different options. Folks, our first on-demand workshop, How to Become a Coffee Consultant, is now available for you to learn at your own pace for just 50 euros, and it comes with a certificate upon completion. Go to mapperforward.coffee forward slash workshops or click the link in the show notes for more details. Support this podcast by supporting our sponsors. Now, what we've also been doing is because Komal works with so many small growers, we've, we've been talking to the growers and, and we've asked them to come to us when they see any anomalies in their plants. And we've, mm-hmm. we've actually come across hybrids of uh, uh, Arabica and Excelsa. Naturally occurring? Naturally occurring. Now, here's the thing. When you end up having a hybrid between, uh, uh, again, uh, I'm going to go a little technical. When you have a tetraploid like Arabica uh, uh, and and hybridizing with a diploid like Excelsa, now, naturally, the only known tetraploid at the moment uh, in coffee is basically uh, Arabica. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when you have when you have a, a, a tetraploid crossing a diploid, you end up usually having uh, a, a sterile triploid. Okay. Rarely do you end up having another tetraploid, which which means a tetraploid is fully compatible with Arabica. Mm-hmm. So what we what we always look for is uh, a, a, another tetraploid which can basically match with Arabica for for breeding purposes. Which is why HDT was so fantastic in India. We had something similar, uh, similar happen uh, called the Dave Machi. A variety, but uh, we didn't really market it well enough. So HDT is now the gold standard. Now, right. um, H- now why is HDT important? Is because uh, some of uh, Robusta's leaf rust resistant genes have come into an Arabica hybrid and it's tetraploid. Therefore, it's c- crossable with with Arabica. Right. Now, so, 
So just a second, I just want to interpret a little bit of that for some of the folks who who don't have the genetic speak that that we have. Uh, the reason this is so important, folks, is because if you have uh, a, a plant that crosses with something else and then it ends up sterile, what what that means is it's not going to produce any more fruit. It's not going to continue to uh, proliferate and, and produce more coffee for the producer. So therefore, it becomes a real problem for people who are trying to make money out of making coffee or ma- producing coffee. The we're trying to achieve the opposite if we're looking for sustainable farming practices. We're trying to have plants that are reproducing with other plants that will give us a higher yield, which is what the race is at the moment, which is how can we get plants that are fruiting as much as possible to create a, a larger yield of coffee without being as taxing on the environment around them. So they don't take up too much water. They don't suck up too much nutrients from the ground. They um they don't require so much labor. Uh, the more resource intensive a plant is, um, the less profitability there, there is in it. But also the higher the yield is uh, with lower inputs, uh, the more profitable it is. And so if we end up accidentally having a plant that is reproducing with another plant that causes it to become sterile, that's just the same kind of problem as having coffee leaf rust because the plant ends up being useless at the end of at the end of that. So you end up having to get rid of it, I suspect, somehow. Right, guys? Yep. I mean, okay. the thing is, it's just removed, right? It's removed part of right. agriculture practice. Something's not yielding. Now, our main, our main focus on why we're looking at this is because if we find uh, a stable, now when you say stable, that means uh, the progeny of the plant is similar year on year and has a characteristics of the parent. Mm-hmm. And what character- characteristics we are looking for is um, some of the characteristics of Excelsa, if it's coming to the Arabica, so it becomes a tetraploid, potentially the deeper rooting system. So yes, Arabica is further than robusta, but it's not deep enough. And right. some of the temperature resistance of Excelsa, if it's coming to the Arabica, it makes it fantastic and it would be great for future uh, for future breeding uh, uh, purposes, right? Um, right. Now, um, so yes, so that's another shorter term goal. Then we're also, I mean, what we also have to start looking at is potentially grafting solutions. Now, um, yes, Robusta is not uh, uh, drought uh, resistant, but you can bring in a degree of drought resistance by grafting Robusta onto, let's say, an Excelsa rootstock. Explain now, what grafting uh, is before you go any further for those who don't so know what grafting can, is. So you 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 cut a, a new shoot um, and you take uh, uh, the rootstock of uh, uh, another plant, a sapling, um, and they both need to be similar sizes. A sapling of, let's say in this scenario, you take, you take a new shoot of Robusta, you take uh, a, a, a new sapling of Excelsa or Liberica, mm-hmm. um, potentially you can raise Mosa because you notice it's deeper uh, 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 rooting as well. So you can take any of these rootstocks. You need to cut that and join the two. I mean, uh, I can go into right. detail if necessary. No, that's... Yeah, I can... Go ahead. I'll yeah. give you uh, this thing. So basically with this, with grafting, you can always have a look at some of the stuff that we are doing online. So you have lots of tutorials. We're doing all right. of this kind of information on in, on our Instagram channel. So if somebody doesn't know what grafting is and wants to learn about it, you just, just head over and you'll learn a little bit more over there as well. Yeah. And and basically, folks, it's like you, you would just basically slit the skin 
to put it in very basic terms, you slit the skin, you kind of create a little pocket and you slide the shoot in that way. And then what happens is, again? And then you tape it up and you're you're good. And then they kind of become one. (laughs) Somehow (laughs) they become one to make it very – I'm a songwriter, so (laughs) can you tell? (laughs) <laughs> so they become one and then as the as the rootstock grows, uh, the new yeah. shoot grows with it. And this is done because of a lot of reasons. Why don't you guys tell us why grafting is so important? I mean, um, essentially um, it, it's a, a type of clonal propagation. It's not fully clonal uh, uh, because let's say you have a certain plant that's high yielding and you mm-hmm. want to – uh, you know, re- duplicate this plant. You take new shoots of this plant. And mm-hmm. You can graft it on different rootstocks. Right now, uh, and 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 you can deploy a high yielding block. But again, genetically, they're very similar. Now, uh, uh, always it's thought it's, it's always been thought that uh, grafting retains the original characteristics of the parent. But I think uh, latest research shows that there is some cell transfer happening between the root and the scion. The scion okay. is the top part of the plant. Right. Right. So that's. Another can of worms. We won't go there. Uh, however, uh, however uh, just now, Hawaii has been grafting Arabica onto Excelsa or Liberica for years to solve a nematode issue they have in the soil. Okay. Uh, however, uh, uh, they've got um, tetraploid, which is Arabica on top, diploid Excelsa at the bottom. There may be issues. There may not be issues. Uh, there's, there's, uh, there, because there is a some sort of mismatch there. But it works. Uh, we've been doing Arabicas on Robustas, Robustas on Arabicas. At least in the short term, it's been working. Uh, however, it's always better to do deployed on deployed just to be safe. Again, mm-hmm. we, I mean, a lot of this information is not enough for us to have a solid opinion about. Uh, but um, to, de- to reduce your dependence on, 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 on water for your Robusta, you can always graft it onto Excelsa. Theoretically, it is... Uh, safe, but if it doesn't, don't come back to me. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> There's a disclaimer. <laughs> but so, so what we're doing was uh, we've got we've got a little species garden. We've got several different species crosses. So we've been experimenting. We've done experiments of eugenoides on Excelsa. We we are doing experiments of robusta on on. On uh, actually, this is a big experiment. We're doing about ten thousand uh, robustas on Excel cells, and then we will wow. see what happens. And right? all of that's um, grafted. Yes, yes. That's all the grafted. labor must be wildly expensive. But but here's the, here's the thing, right? If we don't do it now, it's going to be too late in the future. Right, and, and this is where we come to future proofing, right? Like, there's not enough research. It's Time and and the rate that everything's changing is outpacing the rate at which we can research and develop new options. It takes time. Yes, it takes time. See, the feedback loops aren't like in, mm. in the tech world where it's like in 30 seconds I've deployed and I'm seeing what's happening. No. Right. The, the feedback loops is minimum 10 to 15 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get the first feedback in three to five years and then second and third and fourth. Yeah. And if you don't start doing it, we're probably already too late. Yeah. Uh, why uh, isn't there more conversation happening about this stuff? Because uh, now uh, uh, Robusta is considered to be an easy way out. But you're saying but, that it's not. You're yes, you're clearly it, stating it's not. Well, because look at it this way, right? Um, 
my current water consumption is based on my arabica production if i'm an arabica farm and i move to robusta robusta needs more water i really don't know how much more water is going to need especially when there's a drought yes and i don't and with the climate change we for example our monsoons have are completely haywire usually we should have had about 40 inches or 50 inches of rain right now and we had 30 we had 20 wow. inches short it's hot it's like summer it's 29 degrees out there this is our planting period and we can't plant right Right. right so i mean do we know where uh, can can all of us be so sure that i'm going to have enough water for the rest of my life no we can't no and this is where we start dare i say he's a segue uh, this is where we start to have to look at tech for solutions that may help us speed up the process that we're trying to develop the agricultural side of things and this leads us perfectly into the last episode of our series which is all about technology and how what role that's it's going to play particularly AI I think what role tech and AI are going to play in future proofing the production of coffee and I suspect that there are a lot of people around the world that are very interested in this but having no idea how they're going to uh, incorporate technology into coffee production because typically we think that tech is all about equipment and computers and all that kind of stuff but technology can be anything like fire was technology at one point before it was something that people were using something that um we're also going to talk about in the next episode i hope we may we may not but a part of of the role that technology is going to play is also in energy transition so we may get to it i hope we get to it um join us for the next episode folks peace of and peanut butter have an amazing rest of your day Thanks for tuning in, friends. There are two ways you can support this podcast. Firstly, become a paid member of our YouTube channel. Secondly, you can join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Both have options for exclusive ad-free content and early release content. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. The Daily Coffee Pro is produced by Map It Forward and the music you're listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight. To get older episodes of this podcast, as well as more information on Map It Forward, head to mapitforward.coffee. You can find links and more information in the show notes below.